Welcome to the home stretch. Oh yeah, it's still from KC Mass Hockey, football to baseball to everything in between. Probably some nonsense that we're joined now by Josh Briscoe. Briscoe, how are you? Never say Sterling Holmes can't be in two places at the same time. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm happy to be here for whichever show this is, whichever <laughs> show the last one was. Uh, it's uh, it's just going to talk to you, Stu. Hey, we're here, baby. Your your beard is looking glorious, by the way. Thank you, man. I really needed to Thank hear that because I've I've been right on the verge. I've been, if you can't tell, been a little sick, and over the weekend. Oh, shame. Over the weekend, I almost just shaved the whole thing off because it was really, it made me feel more sick. Uh, but I would have lost the incredibly valuable, uh, mustache, uh, wow. that it becomes like a, a bumper to all of the tissues and everything that I'm blowing my nose into. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I've been letting this thing go for quite a while now. Uh, been using some beard oil now and again. You're classy. I'm trying to class it up. I'm trying to comb it and brush it and use a little heat. Sometimes I hit it with a hair dryer, trying mm. to get it all going in the right direction. Cause I've, I've, I've had facial hair for a long time, but I can't say I've ever really devoted myself to the craft. Um, and right now I'm in a process of, of devoting myself to the craft. Yeah, I'm just a stash guy. I'm all natural. Natural talent only. You know, I think, huh. I, I don't, it's just natural. It's, um, explore that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who who's an athlete. The Jeff Green of mustache. Am I, are you telling me I'm Jimmy G right now? You send me some performance you're, enhancers? You're, you're a Because I'm not. I'll tell you when I am. He wasn't using them right. That's <laughs> clearly true. Unless it was about handsomeness, in which case I want his I want his performance enhancers. Yeah, like if you're Jimmy G and you get busted for uh, allegedly using um, performance enhancers, mm-hmm. and, and you're still well losing Jimmy your G. job to Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> yeah, if your PEDs don't make you better than AOC, then you're uh, then IDK Jimmy G. <laughs> A lot of letters in there. But, yeah, if Aiden O'Connell takes your job while you're on, as the NFL calls them, performance-enhancing uh, substances that he did not have approval for, then, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a problem. My algorithms lately have been very beard-heavy as well. Good. I've been lingering on those more often, barbers and stuff. I, I like a good uh, haircut before and after and all of that. It's very satisfying and gives me some ideas. A lot of lot of beard guys though are just like yep add a little add a little enhancement and they'll they'll kind of darken up you know that mm. top crispy line I'm not trying to keep it that crispy necessarily Brian Wilson yeah spray paint that was still we we <laughs> learned I learned with with you on this show uh, a few weeks ago I guess that that was all just that dude was just dumping his head in in uh, uh, printer ink every yeah. day I guess I don't know how to get That's that why I can't find any printer inks why the, the price <laughs> skyrocketed so expensive yeah. you have to be a, a major league baseball player to uh, to buy it, it all. and then, and it then all. he used it. He 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 became a real source of um of all that ink, just going straight into his uh, hair and beard. I guess. Uh, I have a fun game. I want to play with you. I'll be the I, judge of that. I, I know you like games. I do love games. You love games. So far, so good. And it's the off season now. It is. I like that too. Sometimes. So what we'll do is we'll talk big free agents. Okay. And on February twentieth, where do they land? Okay, got it. Love it. I felt like you were about to do something. You're like, all right, we're going to talk about free agents. And then you talk about Pokemon, and then we'll talk about another free agent, and you talk about another Pokemon. <laughs> Shoot, no, I'm sorry. All right, the biggest gotta, free agent, Mike Pinnell. No. <laughs> I, have a, I have a three-legged dog now also. Wait, what? We adopted another dog over the weekend. There's That's for you. There's 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 a little nonsense tease, and we can do some football now. I felt like I was supposed to clap there. You should have. I mean, it wasn't... It's not a. It's not sad. He's really sweet. But I'm going to save those details until after we talk about some football. That's, we're going to go beard, ball, Buppy. 
All right, we'll start with the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Oh, we're Kirk. doing this not just for Chiefs free agents. We're going oh, around we're, the we're, NFL. We're, we're going on the horn. Oh, Hachi Mama, oh, I am not ready for that. I have the list in front of me, so don't sure. worry about it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, let's play. You like games. I love games. So we're going to go with the game. Where okay. does Kirk Cousins go? And I have a really strong opinion on this one. There is a right answer. Um, I wonder how Minnesota views themselves right now, because I think that they probably – I a lot of these, the boring answers are going to be staying where he's at. Um, I have given this absolutely zero thought before this moment. What is That's your very strong? What's your very strong opinion? Let me think about it. Atlanta, because it makes Atlanta, a ton of sense. Yeah, Atlanta's one quarterback away. I think he got married in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, what kind of deals he gonna get though? Like you're telling me, iced out Kirk in Atlanta is not gonna just be no. It rules crushing it down there. No, I I support I support and love it very much. But my my question is what are you going to do? How old is Kirk Cousins now? 30 oh, what? He's 30. Fresh fresh off of popped Achilles. I did see him dancing, and, and I fell honors. 35 off of the Achilles and, and being Kirk Cousins is one thing. He also was playing maybe the best football of his life up until that Achilles tear, or at least his circumstances were playing into that. So I really like that. Um, kind of like a little, this isn't quite one-to-one, but like there's a little bit of Matt Ryan in Indianapolis and Kirk yeah. Cousins going to Atlanta. Sure. A little, it, it, Indy is not fair because it, Indy, Matt Ryan, I'm not sure was ever the answer. Phillip, I think Kirk Cousins could Phillip win a division. Rivers. <sighs> Philip Rivers, because he, he still went to the playoffs with the Colts. Yeah, that was like hard to watch though most of the time, right? Like you could feel that being held on by like toothpicks and, and bubble gum. I... I want to believe in in Kirk Cousins, and so I I do I like Atlanta. I think that's I think that's a fun answer. Um, I, I genuinely just don't know how the market's going to look at him right now. Before we get to wide receivers, and okay. I do want to hit a couple of Chiefs guys too, sure. obviously. But running backs, there's two bigger name guys: mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. who Pro Bowler, which yeah. he shouldn't have been because I think Tajay Spears actually outplayed him. That makes sense. Um, and then Josh Jacobs, who Raider. Saquon again, also uh, right. Saquon. I thought that I forgot about Josh Jacobs. I guess Saquon, I assumed is going to be back in New York because it makes way too much sense. So I didn't even. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? The Giants, dude. I don't know. True, it's the Giants, but I w- I would be perplexed. I would be shocked. I would be dumbfounded if he did not return to the Giants. So I'd be none of those things. I took that out of the equation. Okay. So Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. I uh I this isn't this is a kind of a non answer which is making me very, very bad at playing your game right now. I think my little hot take is that those running back moves are all going to be like wave three moves where you're going to have teams who have their priority free agents. And then you're going to have the guys like in maybe more of a Charles Amenahu kind of class, you know, last yeah. year it was like a two year kind of deal. Somebody will give those guys a little bit of money. And frankly, Sterling, are you sitting down? I can see Sterling. I know he's sitting down. Almost always. I, I wouldn't mind the chiefs doing a little bit of maneuvering at running back this off season, because I think that when you talk about like these guys right now, there should be some value there. And there will be value in the more role-player guys as well to just get some speed and maybe a, a reliable pass-catching option, pass-pro kind of guy. If Jarek McKinnon is is maybe not in the not in the prime of his career, would have been like unnecessarily kind. He's old for an NFL player. He's ancient for a running back. He had injury issues late this year. It was Got him fixed, though. Sounds like it was a hernia and a pelvic thing. I'd take Jarek McKinnon back in a heartbeat. He looked good in the yeah, Super Bowl, but they were kind of limiting his work a little bit this regular season before he got hurt. So, um, I think I think Derrick Henry I, is the one that I hope ends up in kind of a fun spot where he can be part of a of a two man crew. But I I don't know that I can tell you that until got a good one for you until I know if there's like a, a rookie getting drafted somewhere. 
Baltimore. Derrick Henry in Baltimore makes way too much sense. I think Josh Jacobs in Baltimore makes sense. There's two teams. I think both could be in either spot. Houston. I like Houston. That's a good call. Houston's a very good call. They they tried with um, Damian Pierce. He was fine, and then he kind of fell off this year. They used Devin Singletary a lot, and if you're using Devin Singletary a lot, you don't have a good running back. I think Josh Jacobs would be good in either spot, and Derrick Henry either spot. So I'm going to say one goes to Houston, one goes to Baltimore. I could see, and I, I didn't like. I also didn't play fantasy football as aggressively this year as I have in every single year past in my previous uh, fifteen years as a human being before that. But it feels like Sean Payton might look around. They might he might say, oh, you, "You give me, you give me a big bruising, thumping vet like Derrick Henry to to be a part of this offense." However, they're going to build it around. That's the thing with this game that's hard. And no part of it's like, "Hey, we're playing it on February twentieth for this reason." But there is so much that could change, and I'm not sure that those running backs are going to end up being impact signings. I do think there could be some value in the right circumstance. All right, wide receiver time, which is, I think, interesting for a lot of Chiefs fans. Yes. Not, not really me. I have, I have a strong take on, on the Chiefs. Really? Right? They don't need receivers? They're, you're that guy? No, no, no. I don't say they don't need them. trade Rasheed Rice? No, no. Get a left tackle? No. Guard line help? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, No, no. I'm not saying they should not uh, do anything here, but these names... And their cost, in my opinion, you're going to be handcuffing yourself because other positions that I think are of greater importance because spots where, let's be real, Mahomes can't elevate those guys. Yeah. Give me the top-end guys there because Mahomes, as we saw in the Super Bowl, in a limited sample size mm-hmm. in the playoffs as well. Yeah, maybe the regular season might not be as electric. Does it matter? Can you elevate these guys for three or four games? Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think, has proven they can. Let's so, see what these names are. Calvin Ridley. Ooh. He feels like Carolina to me. I know that's the easiest one to just be like, hey, you got to get receivers to Carolina. But just like a guy who's a little, he's not young at this point, but a guy who's, he's sneakily like, I think he's only a little bit younger than Mike Evans, which is the name I'm waiting for you to say. Um, But I, I feel like Ridley might be the guy that has to go get the payday at a spot that makes a little bit of sense like Carolina as opposed to like when we get to T. Higgins. I think he's going to end up on a team that that has that has more to offer. Wow, uh, yeah, crazy, My, right? Mike Evans is like nine months older, dude. Then, so how old are they both? Mike Evans is thirty. He'll be thirty-one in August. I guess thirteen months older, fourteen months older. Okay, um, and then Calvin Ridley is twenty-nine. Twenty-nine, and he turns thirty in December. So, like, that's kind of wild, man. Because Mike Evans seems like he's an old, grizzled vet. Yep, and yet he's like a year older than a guy who we're like, but. but Yes, 100%. I'm sending Calvin Ridley to Carolina. Okay. Uh, I think he actually stays in... In Jacksonville? In Jacksonville, because I think it wasn't as electric of a season as I think a lot of folks wanted. For sure. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence got injured as well, but if you're Jacksonville, I don't know how you don't try and give as many weapons as possible because Trevor Lawrence is not elevating guys. Sorry, I've said this for a long time, and I'm not trying to go on a a Trevor Lawrence rant. Why do you hate Trevor Lawrence so much? He was drafted 1-1. Mm. And everyone thinks that because he was drafted 1-1, was he? he's a, um elite quarterback. And let's be real, he's more Brock Purdy than Josh Allen. Mm. I don't like the names you picked there, but I understand where you're going. Uh, Hollywood Brown. This has been a name that was tossed around Chiefs Keenan because I think his style is very... a lot, man. His style is very one that Chiefs have traditionally gone after. 
I don't want to feel like I'm not playing your game. So I'm going to do a very, I'm going to do my absolute best. But do we know where Stefan Diggs is going to be? Like, do we, there's so much right now that we don't know. I know. That's what makes this game. I'm going to say some NFC team bites on Hollywood and, and he, he does not quite make the Chiefs marks. And I, I am thinking that Buffalo is going to be in on one of these guys, but I don't know that they're going to have the flexibility to get up to Hollywood's level. And I think the Chiefs will pass just around there. So Spot Track has his Hollywood Browns mm-hmm. AAV, which they've been, I think, up and down. Sure. T- take with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Four, basically four years, 60 mil. So 15 mil a year, which seems a little lower than what I expected. I was expecting 18 to 20. Yeah. Yeah, you're taking your MVS money and, and four or five million more for Hollywood Brown. That feels all right to me. Yeah, that seems... I wouldn't balk at that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more, so I'm... More I did like the idea of trading for him because you're paying for him twice. Debit you know? and credit, baby. Yes, that's yes. exactly right. Um, but but in this case, I I'd be interested around those numbers. I just don't think he stays in Arizona. I think he's going I somewhere, agree. but I don't know where. Um, yeah. Washington with Terry McLaurin would be kind of fun. They have the most. I don't, they have the most cap space. That that's that makes sense. I don't I don't know what their strategy is at all. No, I don't know. Anything about what that team is going to look Sam like. Sam Howell was just like, I'm just going to throw the ball, and it's going to go to someone, interception or not. And Eric Bieniemy is probably going to be here next year in yeah. some capacity. I have no idea what that team's going to look like. All right, three names. Three last wide receiver names before Chiefs. Michael Pittman. Mike Evans. T. Higgins. I think Pittman stays in, in Indy. Yeah. I, I think they're getting I, Anthony Richardson back. I tried to. I talked to him on Radio Row. Oh. And I was trying, like, hey, so, you know, you're going to be a free agent all this yeah. stuff. You know, what about, like, as a joke, it would be nice to – I forget what I said, but along the lines well, of – Weather's pretty nice in Kansas City right now. Along the lines of, hey, he's a farm. I go, farmer looked pretty good in good old Kansas City, huh? And he was like, no, nah, I like an indie. Yeah. <laughs> he was very much along the lines of it sounded like to me he, he would like to stay. He's growing roots. Yeah. So I, And he's not going to – I don't think he's going to end up pushing the envelope too much monetarily. They have the rookie quarterback uh, in Anthony Richardson they want to build around. And also it means that's cost-controlled. So I, I think yeah. I think the Colts ought to be looking for Pittman maybe plus one at some point. Not necessarily at that level, but I, I think he ends up staying in Indy. Did the Bengals try to hold on to T. Higgins? I'm saving Mike Evans. I'm saving Mike Evans for yes. last year. I, I think franchise tag is at a minimum for T. Higgins. And then, if, and then if they end up trying to shop him after tagging him, it completely changes the game. He might be the guy in that group who they could tag and then trade like in terms of these free agent receivers. But if you're going to find a team that's going to give up, what are you looking for there? You're looking for a, a first, a mid-first for T. Higgins, and then the team's got to pay him? I like T. Higgins. I think he's a, I think he's a really good football player. I don't want to I don't want to pay him and certainly not acquire him like a number one receiver though. Well, and that's the question is I think the viewpoint of T. Higgins around the NFL for the majority of fans is he, oh, Jamar Chase wide receiver one, but also T. Higgins is right. a wide receiver one. But when you look at the numbers, he's clearly a wide receiver two on that team. Yeah, and so that makes me nervous. Of what would he be if he's thrust into a wide receiver one role? Let's just say hypothetically. In Kansas City. Now, the obvious answer is going to be, well, they have Travis Kelsey. Right. But going into the regular season next year, I don't know if they want to use Travis Kelsey as a traditional wide receiver one, how he's That's been right. in the past, because yeah. he didn't care that much about getting the 1,000 yards. They're trying to save him, it seems like now. They they understand the game plan. Right. Let him act like he's 37 in the regular season yeah. and 27 in the postseason. You have Rasheed Rice, who is, I think... On the cusp of being a T. Higgins, you know. All right, I got to hop it. I got to ask you a terminology question. Yeah. 
When you say wide, I don't think there's a right answer to this. I'm just curious. I think we got to figure that we can figure this out for the people. When you say wide receiver one, yeah, how many wide receiver ones are there in football? Ballpark, fifteen to twenty. Okay, so it's not thirty-two. No, because I think I think you can say T. Higgins would be a number one receiver on a lot of teams, and I think that's I think that's probably true. Yeah. Is he a number one receiver on a great offense somewhere? Is he, if he's the number one pass catching weapon, maybe. But then who's the number two? If if T Higgins is the number one pass catching option when Tyreek, or excuse me, oof, if if Higgins is the number one receiving option when yeah. Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice are some combo of your second and third options, and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, yeah. hell yeah, that offense is cooking. Sure. I but but is T Higgins going to want to? I think he's going to get paid like a top ten receiver. Yeah, and and that's where I was at with Rasheed Rice. I was going to say he's on the on the cusp of that back end. Like he's he's probably top thirty two next year. Yeah, but I, I but I, I wouldn't say he's like a bona fide wide receiver. He's not AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devontae I Adams, Tyreek Hill. I don't want to treat him like that. I don't want the Chiefs to treat him like that. And no. that boy, I hope I've, I said I tweeted something along those lines like a couple months ago, and people got very upset about I think not fully understanding what I meant. Maybe that's on me. I am absolutely over the moon about Rasheed Rice's rookie season. Yes. I love his skill set. I love how it translates in this offense. The Chiefs have a youthful guy who can run crossers and screens for until the end of time and be a, a, a galloping horse in space when he gets there. That is not only one of my fitness screen game is, is Andy Reid's baby, but I love watching a receiver hit a crossing route over the middle, turn that sucker up, and then and try to try to make a house call, or at least in his case – pick up 20 yards of yak before the safety kind of catches you with getting an angle or whatever. I am thrilled with Rasheed Rice. I want Patrick Mahomes. I'll go ahead and reach over to the one other name that we that I've left over there. You give me Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice, you never have to talk to me again. I am yeah. good forever. I can play running back. You can, tight end two can be Noah Gray, who I still really like, but isn't necessarily your post-Travis Kelsey answer, right? You have so much wealth in your offense at that point. If Rasheed Rice is your number two receiver and perhaps number three weapon, I, I've, I'm getting greedy. Like from the Bengals' perspective, yeah. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I'm I'm cool with Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and, frankly, Hollywood Brown. I think would still be very very good for that offense. But if it ends up being Kelsey Rice and do you have a do you have a random? Middle of the pack receiver who's who's hitting free agency. Well, I think Hollywood Brown would be that guy. For like, me. give me a, 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 a tier, tier down, lower, uh, almost like a Jacoby Myers type of guy. You give me, or or yeah, Jacoby Myers was perfect last year's Juju. You know, yeah. You give me Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Jacoby Myers. Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. That's a top five offense. But if it can be Mike Evans. I would prefer, I would still pay the premium. The, the reason why I would I'm leaning towards again the Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is a good one. But but the reason why I'm leaning that route is because that hopefully allows you to re-sign Chris Jones Absolutely. and potentially Legarius. And my options are you get to have Legarius and Chris Jones, and you get to have a secondary or tertiary free agent wide receiver. Yep. Or you get to have Chris Jones and Mike Evans. No, I would probably say. Uh, Hollywood Brown and Chris Jones or Legereus Sneed and Mike Evans based on the contract have uh-huh. a breakdown. G- give me the defense, and then again, give me the secondary or tertiary receiver. Because, again, as we saw, it might not be as sexy, it might not be as fun. Right. But, again, I think that's the best way of building this to have the most postseason success. And that way, um, Mahomes doesn't have to go out and put up 35 a game, right. which we saw in the past. This way... The defense is still elite, and Mahomes can elevate his receivers. Again, you might not be able to do it for 17 games of the regular season, but you can do it for three or four in the postseason. Before we go to Mike Evans for a legit talk here, this is why I have a little nervousness about T. Higgins. Sure. 908, 1091, 1029, 656. 
solid. Mm-hmm. Last year he was injured. He played in 12 games total. Sure. Yeah, man. That 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 doesn't scream to me elite, and he's going to get paid elite. And as a type of receiver, I don't know that it screams Chiefs offense to me. That's kind of the that might be the most immediate thing from my side. Also, your point about paying less money to a receiver and and being able to spend more on the defense that is what Rasheed Rice affords you. Yes, Rasheed Rice means that he that if Jacoby Myers is your quote number one receiver, or if he and Rasheed Rice are co number one, number eight, one A, one B, whatever, that offense is still functional. The issue this year, this regular season, was that MVS fell off. If you would have had 2023 MVS this season, or I guess 2022 MVS this season, yeah. what year is it? What, what, what time what, is it? What, what day is it? What's my age again? Um, and what is the year again? But if if you have year one MVS in yeah. this offense from this season, we're not talking about the receivers as much as we are because it wasn't just even him in the deep shots, which obviously were a huge part of the issue, the drops and the, the misreads and, and being off on, you know, reading safeties and stuff. If you have him, or nobody thinks Juju Smith-Schuster is a top 15 wide receiver, but if he was here and healthy this year, I think we would have avoided a lot of this weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I, I do think there's a way for the Chiefs to go that route and still have a healthy balance of responsibilities. I do think we have to bake in, as you kind of alluded to also, taking a little bit away from Travis Kelsey next year yeah. from a self-preservation standpoint. Yeah, and again... I- I think Sky Moore also not only not progressing but regressing was yeah. uh, a big one. Oh, absolutely. And again, I have a lot of Sky Moore thoughts. But even he was like, it, we have a lot of we have a lot of offseason we to talk about. So I'll give those later. Moore but. and Tony were guys that you were betting on an uptick. MVS, I think they were surprised by a downtick. Yeah. If the only difference would have been MVS is a a a ten eleven million dollar a year wide receiver, which is what they paid him, Jacoby Myers. If he's that. This offense is probably humming for the vast majority of the year. And guess what? I don't care anymore because he made the catch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I look back at all the talk about wide receivers. I look back and go, you know what? Nah, man. MVS made the catch. McCall Harvin made the catch and caught his yep. got D ball. Yep. Uh, okay. The the analysis at the time is still good, and I don't regret any of the analysis. And also, I am very genuinely happy to be able to talk about MVS and McCole Hardman from a positive spin and how they ended their seasons, much like Sky Moore last year. All right, Mike Evans. Yeah. So, Mike Evans has been the pinnacle of consistency. He's 30, going to be 31 most likely when the season starts. Um, love Mike Evans. But the issue I have is, at his age, I think you're going to start seeing a guy like him get paid. Track. you want to take a guess at what Track has his contract at? I mean, it's probably hitting 20-something, right? Yeah, it's four-year 95. That's a lot. Yeah. What's the what's the AAV there? Help me on my 23.8 is what it says. Yeah, maybe maybe that first year's like 12, and then that last year's not really real, so it's actually yeah. three years 70. Yeah. That's my question. Is it, I'd probably do three years for 70 in real money, though. Like forty of it guaranteed or something. You see, my, my question is: if you do that, if you sign, let, let's be real now, you get Mike Evans for that contract, you're having to let either Chris Jones or Snead go. Most likely. Are, most likely. Most but likely. Again, again, Franchise tag is interesting. I, I, this I, roster is built as the way it's built is interesting. Hypothetically speaking, those three. Yeah. Which two would you keep? If you can only keep two. 
for for what period of time? Like, I'm only able to sign two of those guys to long-term deals that I like? Well, most likely, Mike Evans is three or four years. Snead would be a four-year, three or four. And if Chris I'm getting, Jones is going to be, hopefully, or most likely, three or four. If I'm getting in, like, full-on Matrix territory where I just get to make three things happen regarding those three players, yeah, I don't think this is how it's going to go, and there's a lot more nuance than this. But if I'm just – I'm able to make three decisions, I'm signing Mike Evans, I'm signing Chris Jones, and I'm tagging and trading Legereus Sneed, and you're getting assets back there too. Mm. He's the only guy in that ca- in that category you could get something back for. Sure. And I love Legereus Sneed. We, we had a need for Sneed before, before it was cool to have a need for Sneed. I think he's important to this defense. I think he, this defense is better with him. I think right now they do end up tagging Legereus Sneed. I think there's a really good chance he's a Chief next year, and if that's true, I'll be really glad for it. But I think that his individual impact is lesser than the individual impact of Chris Jones, in part because of how good the Chiefs have been at developing corners and because they have Trent McDuffie. There's no Trent McDuffie on the defensive line. George Uh, Karloffis is— Mike Pinnell, sir. Mike Pinnell (laughs) is actually the next guy I was going to say. But uh, I'd rather have Mike Evans and Mike Pinnell than anybody else in football. Um, I— I am so worried about the Chiefs' defensive line right now. That's actually the spot that I think is the biggest issue at this moment right now because Mike Dan is under contract. Chris Jones is under contract. Mike, Sean Mike Wharton, Edwards. Mike Edwards uh, doesn't play defensive line, though, so I'm leaving him out for the time no, being. No, I'm just thinking of Mike. A lot of Mike's, though. Mike linebackers. We have, wow. You know, we got, Chiefs have a couple least, of Mike linebackers. That's a great point. Uh, I, I am in a space now, though, where I, I think if <laughs> if – if you gave me, I wonder if this is, I'm going to say this out loud and see if this is true. I think it is. If you gave me like any incoming free agent in football to just for one year magically put right on the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it would be Chris Jones. Yeah. Like, I think that that is actually true. I have talked myself into Chris Jones being the, the piece the Chiefs need. Uh, like, I, I went from being, it's 50-50 with Snead and, and Jones and I get it, a lot of folks don't like the uh, super analytical takes, but I was talking to some analytical folks, you know, Aaron Schott, the creator of DVOA and everything. Yes. He's great. And the thought process is, even even with the ages being considered mm-hmm. in the contracts, mm-hmm. it's way easier to predict Chris Jones, what he's going to do over the next three or so years, yep. than Legereus Sneed over the next three or so years. Nothing against yep. Legereus Sneed, but we have seen elite cornerbacks. Nature of the position. Just, it's, it's like closers in baseball, like I always say, and I always point up Namdi Asmoa. I, I, I get that's like the first name that comes to mind. Sure. I mean, for every Jalen Ramsey, there is going to be a Namdi Asmoa. But like, and eventually Jalen Ramsey became a, b- a bad value for his contract. Seriously. I mean, I mean, uh, was it Byron Jones? With the Cowboys and went to mm. Miami. I mean, he was a stud. I wanted the Chiefs to get him. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm so glad they did not. Like J.C. Jackson was like Jackson. an implosion. I, so, uh, and we know I, I like Joe Cullen a, a lot, obviously. But I, we haven't seen the Chiefs just, like, have clay at defensive tackle and then make elite players out of it. Trent McDuffie was not just clay. He was far more form than that. Yeah. But Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and Shamari Connor, they thought Shamari Connor stunk in OTAs, and he was making <laughs> plays in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, that, that is, that's something that we've seen be repeatable. And so, yeah, I, I, I end up on the, on the Chris Jones side there because I, I think this defense without him is in a tough spot. I also have absolutely no idea what the Chiefs will offer him. I have absolutely no idea what the Cats brothers are going to demand. I have absolutely no idea what they're going to get when they go talk to the Panthers or whatever and say, hey, Chris, we got you big money here. And when Brett Veach says, yeah, we'll also give you some real money, some guaranteed dough, but it's going to be a few million dollars less a year. Do you want to play in Carolina or do you want to be here again, like you said on the stage of the parade? I don't know what his answer will be. So I, I think Chris Jones is, is probably the, is, is the most valuable and also the most unpredictable. Yeah. 
That was fun, man. That was I fun. Liked, I like this game. Thank you for joining me on this. Quest. So we have a three-legged puppy, a mini schnauzer, and uh, Renee found him on the internet, and he was a part of a larger litter. And they, they, they were able to home up uh, all the... Was he born with three legs? They were able to home out all the other puppies pretty quickly. And this one, they were keeping him longer to watch him and make sure he was doing okay. What they think happened was that when he was born, the mom has to, like, chew off the umbilical cord and that she bit his little paw on accident. And so eventually that paw just, like, kind of dried up and lost circulation and fell off. And so now he's got, he's got like, the elbow. So sometimes with his two... Well, where his two... It's the front paw. His front right paw. So he's a lefty. Um, little Jim Abbott situation. Yeah, he's gonna throw a perfect game. I I almost pushed to try to name him Abbott, and I thought I was like, gonna try to explain it to Renee. Um, but if he's like laying on his back and like trying to paw at you, he will do it with both arms. But the elbow one just doesn't go quite as far. Um, and so we've gone through a lot of names. We talked about it on the zone today. I said, "What's the best name for a three-legged dog?" And Jason had the correct answer, which I also had written down, which was of course Chris Jones. But. After thinking of going through, you know, tripod and um, skip and a lot of other things, he moves like a little wind-up toy. They kind of you know, like a little waka 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 kind of thing. Not we're not naming him Michael Waka. Has to be official once he's got a collar tag. But we're gonna right now the uh, the, the current name for this puppy is Hopper, as in the detective from Stranger Things. Looks like you. I was him as a costume a few years ago, and we can just call him Hop, which is what they call him in Stranger Things, and also yeah. it's what he does. He is a hopper. He hops, and he's very cute. You want to see a picture? Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back after I go to Briscoe's house and hug his dog. Look at his little face. Oh, my gosh. Come that on. dude needs, needs – I'm going to give him some scritches. He needs some. He, he, he deserves – so we'll take a break, come back, more home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. We got Beckett behind the glass, baby. Beckett first time on the sticks. I don't know if Beckett knows how to do all this at once, so I was going to talk to you. But I, I, I get I get nervous that I'm asking too much of you back there. Beckett, how are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so good. Look at you. First time on the sticks and knows how to do the microphone, turn the music down. I don't know if even Kyle knew how to do that at this point. Like it's, not, it's not like Kyle's back there who can defend himself. You know, it's not like Kyle's back there helping out uh, Beckett back there. First time working with you, man. How, g- give me uh, three things about Beckett. Uh, I just graduated from Rockhurst University. Played okay. baseball there. Yeah. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Mm. I, the motion made me think infielder. Uh, no. Pitcher. Oof. Worse. Worse. Outfielder. Boom. I'm going to say I only had one left to go, and that was catcher, which, looking by the body type, I didn't think you were a catcher. That'd be a pretty uh, bold take, I think. Back in the day when all it took for you to just catch the ball, I... I Sure. You know, threw the gear on for a few innings, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I, when I saw this motion, you, everyone, I'm doing the motion where you have, you know, your glove like you're trying to turn to a little bit, like you're trying to pull it from the glove. Maybe like you, you you pop it on the side and then go side. And that was the motion I thought you were doing back there. But outfielder at Rockhurst, okay. One more fun fact from Beckett. Um, I commentate now for Rockhurst baseball. Love I'm the it. Play by play guy. Are they good? Uh, last year, no. This year, revenge tour. They're coming back. So last year when when you were there? When I was a senior, yeah. 
Not great. Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. It's on me. It was my fault. It's all me. Man. Hurts. Beckett's young, by the way, everyone. He did not understand my Namdi Asamoa um, poll earlier, which makes me nervous. I was going to pull like a Josh Beckett uh, poll, but I don't know if he, he knows Josh Beckett. Okay, I see him giving some sign back there. Your last name's Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Like Drew? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah. picture? There we go. Let's see. There we go. We can do it. There we go. All right. You want to play a fun little game? Of course. Okay. Okay, we're going to play a fun little game here. We'll be joined by Lebo in the entire 9 o'clock hour. So I'm going to have fun with Beckett right now. Okay, we're going to have a little, little fun right here. Chiefs have some free agent players coming up, and we can play a game called Guess Their AAV, and would you or would you not bring them back for said price? Now, I think SpotTrack, I don't know if you ever use SpotTrack. SpotTrack is a very good tool. I wouldn't say it's the end-all, be-all. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but at least they do a decent amount of research, compare them to comparable players, and they try and give you a baseline of what their average annual salary would be according to their market value. So with that in mind, let's start with good old Willie Gay Jr. I looked up Drew Tranquil. I'm sorry they don't have one for Drew. I have no idea what Drew's going to get. He's a very interesting case. Um, no idea at all what his contract's going to look like, so I apologize. No Drew Tranquil. Willie Gay Jr., though, obviously, I think is a hot topic in Kansas City. Uh, is he or is he not coming back? You looked at his Twitter account, which I still can't tell if it's real or fake. Sometimes it looks like a fake Twitter account. Sometimes it looks real. I don't know. All I know is dude's yoked and he's a free agent, so we'll find out where he goes. Um, Spot Trek has his AAV at what? Take a guess what you think. They have his average annual salary at. What do you think it is? I'm going to go $4.5 million a year. Way low. It's $7 million a year, which I thought was low. I thought Willie Gate Jr. was going to be close to $10 million per season. I get it. Linebacker's not the most lucrative position anymore, obviously. But they have his market value at four-year, just over $28 million. Um, that would make him the 15th highest-paid Inside linebacker. 15th. Yeah. So contract's not high there, but that's not a crazy contract to make him the 15th highest paid. Uh, What would you do? Obviously, you said four and a half, so that means you think this is high. Would you or would you not bring back Willie Gay Jr. for four-year, 28 million, AAV, 7 million per year? Uh, I think he compliments Bolton so well. Willie Gay does pass coverage, Bolton's run stopper. I think uh, he provides some... Some good veteran leadership. We got a lot of young guys on that defensive core, so there's not a whole lot of cap space we're using on on those guys quite yet. Obviously, we got some other guys to talk about later, but I think uh, seven million for a linebacker, though. How old is Willie Gay? He is 26, and he just turned 26. Oh, so he's, he's young. He's younger than I thought he was. Oh yeah, I I would resign him. What's tough is I think you go either Drew or Willie. You're not going both. I think you have Leo Chanel, who emerged late in that, quite frankly, the playoffs, but he's in the, bat the past two years. Leo Chanel is going to be, I think, a bigger piece next year. So who compliments Nick Bolton and Leo? Uh, you're probably, I, I would personally lean Drew Tranquil. I, I think Willie Gay Jr. I love. If I had a contract in front of me where I could see what Drew is going to get, I would love to take a gander at that. I'll have to do some research on my own for that one. But I think it's a little steep when you have the depth already that Kansas City has, that linebacker, Nick Bolton, obviously. I also think a little interesting name is Cam Jones. Cam Jones obviously looked really good Week 18. Now, how much do you take from a Week 18 performance? 
I don't know. But he obviously was injured. But I think the Chiefs like Cam Jones. So I think if you bump Leo Chanel up, you bump Cam Jones up at least into that backup role, that fourth linebacker role, that leaves you one spot, either Willie or Drew. I'm leaning Drew just based on his versatility, because I do think Willie Gay Jr. actually might get more than $7 million per year. I'm, I'm pretty convinced he gets a pretty lucrative contract, especially for a linebacker. I'll also point out you have Jack Conkren and um, Christensen, both as... Uh, under contract, guys. So you have that. Uh, defensive line. You want to know something sad and depressing? Hit me. Guess how many interior defensive linemen are under contract for next year? So not edges, just interior. I'm going to lowball you and say three. You got one. You got Neil Farrell. You have two future deals, so if you want to count future contracts, and you nailed it with three. I don't know if you want to count Isaiah Bugs and Matt Dickerson on future deals, but right now the only interior defensive lineman for Kansas City under contract is Neil Farrell. Yeah, Neil Farrell played a lot last year, huh? <laughs> He's a dog. So you have Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Turk Wharton, Malik Herring, a little inside and out, all free agents. Um, I guess technically of Mike Pinnell as well, but let's be real. Mike Pinnell's probably going to do the same thing where he's going to wait until about week 12 and say, hey, all right, I'm ready to come back. He's not going to want to play. <laughs> he's not wanting to go to OTAs and training camp. So the Chiefs have a lot of work to do along the defensive line and specifically at defensive tackle. Um, would you bring back any of Turk Wharton, Derek Nottie? I don't want to say Chris Jones because that's going to be a conversation that takes up three hours. But of the Turk Whartons or Derek Nottys, do you entertain bringing one of those guys back? Uh, I think it depends on who's on the Chiefs draft board in terms of the defensive line. Uh, you know, those guys are you know big team guys. Nottie came back late, uh, but I don't know if their their price tag is going to be higher because we just won a Super Bowl. I, I don't see Derek Nottie getting a contract extension. I, I think Mike Pinnell fits that role. I think a plethora of guys fit the Derek Naughty role. Every once in a while he flashes, but then it just seems like that's all it is, is a flash. Love Derek Naughty, the person. Give back to the Kansas City community. Very good dude. Uh, appreciate all he's done, but it feels like he's a guy who's going to move on. Um, Turk Wharton's a little different because he can play inside and out. I would like to see Turk Wharton back on a smaller type of deal, but again, that remains to be seen what he's going to get. But there's going to be a lot of work done for Kansas City at defensive tackle. I don't think people understand how bare the cupboards are. They tried Keandre Coburn sixth round this year. He was released and released by two other teams, so it's not like he's stuck on somewhere else. Probably tells you more about him than as far as the Chiefs are missing out on a good defensive tackle. Uh, obviously, there's two guys from Texas who I think will be around in the first round, um, Sweat and Byron Murphy. Either one I'd be happy with for Kansas City. The issue is, will they fall to 32? But I would expect a first or second round draft pick investment at least on defensive tackle, even if they bring Chris Jones back, by the way. Uh, if you want a little interesting number from Track, according to what they have there, uh, AAV and market value for Chris Jones, the contract offer they have is three-year 85.45 mil, which breaks down to 28.4 million per year. Do you give that to Chris Jones, who will be 30? 28.4 million per year, 85 mil over three years. I think we only have like, what, 30 million in cap space total? Well, this obviously is going to come down to Justin Reed, most likely, if you want my, my real take on this. I think Justin Reed gets his contract restructured. I think Justin Reed stays, but they extend his contract because his cap hit, I believe, is 14 million. Uh, I apologize, I don't have that in front of me right now. 
Uh, give me one second, because I actually do think that's, this is a pretty big one. Uh, and I think it should be brought up. Uh, Justin reads, come on, show me the cap hit, my guys. Here we go. His cap hit is going to be $14.2 million next year. So that's going to be very high for a safety. Most likely they're going to, in my opinion, extend him. He's only 27 years old. He's a young 27, which is crazy for how much I think people consider him to be a veteran. I think the Chiefs will try and give him a three-year contract, something something around there, extend him and bring that cap hit down. Because you're not going to have $14.2 million for cap hit for a safety. So I think you open up some money there. MVS, whether he's back or not, I can guarantee you. Well, I don't know if you want the Sterling Holmes guarantee because I can't promise you anything, but I'd be shocked if MVS came back on his current contract. So you're opening up $25 million or whatever it's going to be between MVS and Justin Reed whenever those contracts are either cut or restructured. So right there, you're, you're opening up some money. Um, Mahomes has the ability to take a um, to restructure his contract and take it as a um, as a bonus instead of the the base salary, which would go whatever it is. It's against the cap, and you could save enough money to almost bring back. Chris and Legarius. The issue then comes down to that's a lot of money in cash that Clark Hunt has to pay. Don't get me wrong, it's great when you're winning a whole bunch of Super Bowls, but at some point you're like, okay, that's 45 mil. Do you have 45 mil sitting around the couch? Well, we'll see. So a lot of ways the Chiefs can do this, but it will be intriguing to see how it is done. Um, but I think that's how they would get it done. So again, back to Chris Jones, 28.4 million AAV over three years total, breaking out to 85. Do you do that, yes or no? Uh, I think, you know, it sounds expensive, but when you're talking D-tackles, how many defensive tackles do you actually see make an impact like Chris Jones? It's like guys like Aaron Donald, Cameron Hayward, like there's only three or four defensive tackles that actually, you know, make those headlines. So at the end of the day, I do think that it would be worth it. I'm going to look at defensive line in totality and look at the average contract because I think Chris Jones is versatile enough that you can count him as an edge because he's such a unicorn. Him and Aaron Donald, right? Him, Aaron Donald, Quinn and Williams, those are the guys I think you can say are more of the unicorn type of defensive tackles where they're going to get thrown into the edge category as well. So Nick Bosa makes $34 million per year. Aaron Donald, $31.6 million per year. Miles Garrett, 25. Montez Sweat right now, 24.5. Quinnen, 24. So currently, that would make Chris Jones the third highest paid defensive lineman. Second highest paid interior behind Aaron Donald. But again, you're probably expecting a couple other contracts to register um, come this off season. So I, I don't think 28.4 is bad. I don't think it's great, but that's the price you're going to have to pay to get, I think right now, the best in-tier defensive lineman in football. I, I think Aaron Donald still has a case. He was injured last year, but when you have an injury at his age, you wonder what the recuperation is going to look like. So if you want Chris Jones, you got to pay Chris Jones. It's going to be in the line for 28.4. That is a move that I would personally do. Uh, a very intriguing one, the defensive uh, ends that are currently under contract for Kansas City. Karloftis, B.J. Thompson, Charles Aminahu, but he's going to miss a good chunk of next year because of the IR, because of the injury. FAU, and then you have a couple of future deals. Um, Mike Dan is a free agent. It's a big one. Mike Dan has been the glue guy 
for a while now. He's been the unsung hero of my, in my opinion, of Kansas City. He is 26, uh, kind of middle age, 26 in the in the middle. He'll be 27, I think, at the tail end of next year. Um, what do you think his, according to Spot Track, his market value is? Because this was shocking to me. Um, if I take a stab, I'd go five and a half. Three years, $50 million, $16.7 million per year. Now, I don't think he's getting that. First and foremost, I don't think he's getting that. But when you look at some of the names that are in line, not as crazy as you might think. Part of that is because of the edge position and how much it has exploded in the NFL. Carl Lawson, who I think is a fine edge rusher, right, with the Bills for a while, he signed a three-year $45 million contract when he was 25. Montez Sweat, um, good. I don't think he's great, but but, but really good. Four-year, $98 million contract, $24.5 million per year. Um, you know, I just think you look around, and the going rate for a edge rusher, especially a starter, which who knows if Dan is going to be a starter on another team. I would assume he would be. It's expensive. That's why I think when you look around the NFL and you saw what people said about the Chiefs getting Charles Minahu at the contract he was given, was it two years, 16 mil total, about $8 million per year? That's why I think the analytic community was so thrilled with that because you look at the going rate for edge rushers, then look at the contract the Chiefs got with Charles. That's a deal. I mean, that, that was a really good deal. $8 million gets you a very, very good linebacker. $8 million gets you a rotational piece typically at edge. I think they have it wrong. Spot track here does with Dan. I think that's way overpaid. But again, we'll see what he ends up getting. I feel like though Mike Dan is going to price himself out of Kansas City, which goes back to, well, what do you have then in the cupboard? You're going to have to either draft someone or bring in another free agent because right now you're sitting with Karloftis, BJ Thompson, who's a project, right? FAU, who high hopes for, but also a project, and then Charles Amina, who's going to miss a good chunk of the season. Chiefs have some issues along the defensive line. Everyone keeps talking about wide receiver. My job here is trying to tell everyone, wide receiver secondary. Brett Veach needs to focus on the defensive line. That's where I see the biggest um, biggest holes, figuratively and literally, of course, because they're big dudes. That's where I see is the defensive line, then wide receiver. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. More Chiefs talk. Beckett and myself, Sterling Holmes right here, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Home Stretch Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll be joined by Lebo in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk a lot of college sports with him. Talk the disaster that is Mizzou basketball. Talk the weirdness that is KU basketball. They are 7-2 and two against top 25 opponents. Um, yet, they've lost a lot of games this year that you wouldn't expect them to normally lose. We'll talk about K-State and see what K-State needs to try and do to make the tournament. Big 12, obviously. Um, It's a grind this year, man, as I'm watching Baylor and BYU. I mean, BYU, the addition of them, they're a top 25 team, 25th right now. They're 6-6 in the Big 12. While Baylor, they're 11th in the nation, 8-4 in the Big 12. Big 12 is just deep, uh, talented. K-State, they got a uphill climb to make it into the tournament. You uh you went you went to Rockhurst there, Beckett. You a KU Mizzou K State fan too, or you uh Ima. Okay. We can be friends. 
I was nervous for a second. I was, I'm a Mizzou guy. My fiance is a K-Stater, so in regards, that means I also like K-State. Okay, That's how that works. It's fair. Um, I taught KU. And I will be unbiased anytime on a, I'm on air talking KU. They're damn good. Frustrates me, but they're, they're very good at basketball. But when I get off air, that's when my, my bias will show in regards to uh, to Kansas. Uh, I will also point out, when it comes to KU, I don't understand why they shoot so many threes. Makes zero sense to me. They have Hunter Dickinson. Just give him the ball. No one can stop him. And yet they're like, you know what? We want to shoot way more threes than we should, even though we can't hit threes. All right, we'll talk college basketball with Lebo. So I want to bring up Legereus Sneed. Now, that's the other big name. I brought up Chris Jones and what his AAV looked like. His AAV was looking like it was going to be 28.4 mil. Um, Legereus Sneed, Track has his market value at what? What do you think Legereus's market value is according to Track? $14 million a year. You're low. Sixteen point three million per year, four year, sixty five million. I wish you were the guy making these projections because then that'd make me feel way better about keeping these dudes. Uh, the issue is I don't see that happening. Uh, Chiverius Ward got at three year, forty and a half million dollar contract, thirteen point five million per year. Now, don't get me wrong. Chiverius Ward was younger. He was twenty six. Legarius is twenty seven. Not only that. Javarius Ward this year now got All-Pro. Legereus has this going against him where he should have been All-Pro. He should have been Pro Bowler. But I wonder if that gets used against him in contract negotiations. What I will also say, going into this year, he played a lot in the slot. I kept saying, Chiefs fans, you should hope he plays in the slot a lot more. Because the Chiefs will use that against him. Yes, he's versatile. But they'll say, you play, let's say, half your your snaps in the slot. We all know slot corners don't get paid the same as outside corners. That being the case, could have brought his contract down. But no, he followed wide receiver ones this year. And oh yeah, he shut them down. I think 16.3 mil is right in line. Four years, 65 million is going to be tough for Kansas City. We'll see. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're joined by Todd Lebo, College Sports Up Next. Home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Lebo, Lebo, Lebo. I don't think you were up. You're in the wrong mic. Dylan's mad at you. Is that one broken? That one's broken, Dylan says. You're talking into a broken microphone. Well, you should know this, Lebo. You, you're, is this one working, Dylan? Is this Hello? One? There we go, Is baby. this on? <clears throat> yeah. Hello. Kitties? Who sings that? Hello, kitties? Yeah. I don't know. Cheap trick. Come on! Lebo! You're better than this. You're better than this. It's been a long day. I did the Casey Mavericks coaches show. Yeah? A couple podcasts and and, and then radio. You're very busy. I'm a busy man. You're very busy. Why are you so busy? Um, Because you tell me to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're my boss, Lebo. 
Sure, I am. That's Could what be. you believe. Could be. I mean, I'm, if you're in this building, I'm your boss. Is that how it works? Yes. Are you HR too? Is that I'm everything? You're everything. You're, you're the vice president of sports operations. Are you part of our sports operations? Wow, I did not know you. You were, didn't know uh, I was the, the vice, vice president. president. Sports, vice Dylan, president for years. Did, did you know that that Lebo was the VP? He, he better have known. Yeah, of course. What, no, what we're talking about. <laughs> he was about to say something until you said he better have known, and then he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, of course I knew. Of course he knew. Of course he knew. Yeah." Yeah. Well, what do you think of the uh, college football playoffs? The new five plus well, they seven. They kind of have to do this because what is the Pac-12? There are literally two teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and ACC. Well, it's just it's five highest ranked champions, and we're we're assuming that the the, the Pac-12 is not going to be one of those. I yeah. By the way, they fired their. Commissioner, a couple of days ago. Wonder why? Huh? Is it because they they have two teams? <laughs> it was it was more, and now it's two. Now it, it was you know like twelve under his watch. Uh, it's it's going to two teams on July first. Wow. What what two teams? It's just Oregon State and Washington State. That's all that's left. <laughs> Power conference. So whoever wins that game gets to go to the. Huge. No. It's huge. They, they, it's interesting. Go check their schedules. They had to scramble it. They've got some Mountain West teams they're playing and all. I mean, it's like wild. I think I think Texas Tech's playing one of them on a pre-existing contract or something like that. I think the college playoff. This is what they should have done because um, they want, especially if there's really only four power. We get to quit saying power five when you say power four leagues. If there's only four leagues, then the fifth champion that is going to be your American. You know, whatever it's it's one of those the ACs and and that's giving the little guy a chance. That's giving your Mac or whoever a chance to be in there. Well, and they had an example in 2021 when Cincinnati mm-hmm. was ranked fourth. They would actually move up of one of the Power Four conferences, yeah. and they would get the first round bye because the top four teams get a bye. Yeah. So. Traditionally, it's going to be SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. The winner of those most likely will get a bye, but it's not guaranteed if there is a, again, they don't say group of five, right? but any other conference, if that happens, they could potentially still yeah, get up there. Well, and, and listen, they don't really care if they have a bye. They just want to be in the thing. Sure. And this will get them in the thing. Well, Mizzou would have been in this year. Like, well, K-State sure. would have been in two years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, this is great for this level of... It's great for this, and it's also great in KU. Because you know frankly. what they've done with the group of five is they always get to go to New Year's Six game. But the New Year's Six game for them may be a big deal. For the team they're playing, may not be. You yeah. know what I mean? Guaranteed to be a big deal. Now, if you're yes. in the college playoff and you're a group of five, or I don't know if that's is it still five or is another is the Pac-12 part. I don't know. If you're one of the lesser leagues, not one of the big big leagues, one of those, the highest ranked champion of that is going to get in. They may be twelfth in the standings, but that's the highest ranked champion. Yeah. So they'll they'll get to be in. Uh, who was that this year? Tulane? No, Tulane lost. Liberty last year was no yeah, Liberty. Liberty were, Liberty yeah. was the one because they made the group of five last year. Tulane got to play. Yeah, in the but you know that was fine. They won their game against USC, but they would just as soon play in yeah. a, a playoff game. And you listen, you're going to have to go earn it. Most likely, that team is going to be on the road in a. On college campus, yeah, playing a game, but then again, if they make it high enough, if they're if they're fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, they're going to get to host. I mean, it's like okay, Missouri. Let's say yep. you're 
seventh or some, uh, eighth, and then you'll have to go on the road to play somebody. I, I, I can't wait for it. I still think they're doing a little bit wrong. They should have the game sooner. The games that right now are set to be on like December 19th, 20th. There, there's like a Friday night game and a, and a whole bunch of games on Saturday for those four games. Sure. And then the others are going to still be tied into the bowls, blah, blah. And, you know, the title game won't be till mid to late January. It's going to be later now yeah. than it is now. It's fine. It's all progress. And we'll look back at some point and go, well, you should have done it this way. Like They get the whole Division Two playoffs done before <laughs> before Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not going to do it that way. But they are going to do this because they, they refuse to get rid of the title games and all that stuff. It, I do think it's going to be super interesting because um, your champion is your champion of the title game. So if your champion uh, knocks someone out who was in the game, and you think most likely they'd be in the top five or six, but if you lose the game, where are you going to end up? There's still a lot on the yeah. committee here because the committee, right now, it's never right now, if you're, where did Missouri finish before the, the Bulls in the committee? Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. It didn't matter. If you weren't fourth, you're last. Okay? Now, it's if you're not 12th, you're last. Well, it's the same thing in college basketball. When they added the bubble, all of a sudden it went from 64 to 68, yeah. and then it was, people who were 65 complained, and now people who were 69 complained. It's yeah. a, and what was it really, 32? It's a much like, bigger yeah. deal to be, you know, I, whether I, you're a, a 12 seed or I get in it, this thing. But, but, my but point someone's going to complain yeah. about yes. anything. But it's better to have that complaint be at 13, uh, and now it's going to be really important to finish in the top four. Yeah. Or in the next four, because the next four gets home game. Yeah, it's the final. Not say final. The lowest four will play a road game. And by the way, it's when, all, when you look electric, at this, dude, you don't actually have to play them on campus. It's the side of their choosing. Yeah. So I guess it could be if someone wanted to Arrowhead. play at Arrowhead, if they wanted to sell more tickets, or if there was a weather issue and they wanted to go. I, I think they'll almost always be on campus, dude. You know how and electric so that's going to be. Much better for fans because right now to ask fan, how many people did you know went down to the bowl game at Mizzou? Decent amount because for it Mizzou did. this this, this was a, a big deal. So they had to spend all that money. What if they were playing a home game in Columbia? It was way easier. I mean, way easier to deal to do. Now, if someone else has to fly their ass to Columbia, what they were already going to go to Dallas anyways. I think it's. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. I wish it had been going like this for years. I would have been actually fine with just eight teams, but twelve's fine. Yeah. Give four buys. Well, there'll be some complaining, some consternation, uh, but it, I think it's good. Do you think it stops at twelve? Do you, do you, do you ever think this grows? Because I, the, I would say yes, it stops. But then again, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll go to sixteen. I mean, maybe they'll go to. There's, you know. 60 teams or 64 teams that are just playing Power 5 football, and they'll have 16 of them make it. It'll be like the NFL playoffs. I don't know. Mm. I did not think, if you asked me, if you asked me 15 years ago when all this started in December of 2009 and then the summer of 2010, like Thanksgiving of 2009, if you said, hey, Lebo, do you know that like Arizona is going to be playing BYU in a Big 12 game in 15 years? I'd say I don't know what they put in your stuffing. <laughs> but you're not you're not sane right now. And do you think that the Pac-12 is going to have two teams? And can you not wait for that USC Rutgers Big 10 game? <laughs> I'd have said 
you're freaking crazy. So I would sit there and tell you, no, I think it's going to set at 12, but I could be wrong. They thought for quite a while. I remember, listen, I love Bill Hancock. He was the executive director of the BCS and the college football playoff and all that. I remember sitting down, standing at Dallas, Big 12 Media Days, the year before they started the the four-team playoff. And he said, oh, this is what it's going to be. And this is the same guy who told you the BCS was the end. We're not doing it anymore, all that stuff. And he said, we're going to own New Year's Eve, and it's going to be this and that. And then it's now they'll stand there and say, you know, this is the thing it's going to be. It's going to be 8, 4, 12, whatever. Nothing stays the same in this. And the fact that these universities have switched conferences so often, wildly, over the last 15 years is crazy. You know, right here in the Big 12, TCU is one of the weirdest stories ever. Go look at all the leagues they were in. They were in the Big East once, never played a game. They agreed to go. (laughs) And then the Big 12 says, you know, showed a little leg to them. Would you like to come over here? And they said, sure. And they, they were in, like, the Mountain West and the Big West. And the, it, they, they were just jumping leagues every two seconds. It's crazy. My, one of my favorite ones is um, we're going to now have you know your traditional uh, Cal, SMU, ACC matchups. Those are coming. SMU is going to go to the ACC and not take money. They wanted so badly to be in the ACC. They're just not going to take any money. They're just going to be there. We're in the ACC. We don't want any of the benefits from it. We just want to be there. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. I looked it up right here. So for the next two years, which is the remainder of the College Football Playoff's current 12-year contract, Washington State and Oregon State will continue to receive the full Power 5 revenue distri- uh, distribution, which is either 5 to $6 million per school. Yeah. So Matt, right now they're the only two teams in the Pac-12, but based on that, they still get that full amount. Because they're just going to keep the name. Good for them. Yeah. Keep the name. And they've had to scramble to try to have a schedule, you know. But I don't know if they're going to get to be a champion. I don't. That that'll be the litmus test of this. They were going to be. There was going to be six. Yeah. Plus the at largest. Now they're going to make it five. Are they going to put standings out? They're last place or first place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I want to keep with college sports. We'll start with Mizzou first. DRF. The AD. She is leaving to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. This sucks as a Mizzou alum, as a Mizzou fan. She has done a phenomenal job. She has basically opened up the pocketbooks. She signed that. Uh, she got that massive uh, anonymous donation. They, but by the way, every AD has gotten an anonymous donation in Missouri. They've done a great job, whether it was Mike Alden or even Mac Rhodes sure. or Jim Sterk. They've all gotten that money. I, I would agree. But this feels like it was trending the right way. Football trending the right way. The amount of money that seemingly was going into the program. Basketball, while yes, it was down, they were competing with a lot of the NIL deals from, mm-hmm. from more prestigious schools. Like This was a big step for Mizzou, and then she leaves. Well, it seems to me like when you get some of the reporting from our friends at Power Mizzou, um, you know, there's this little extra layer of yeah. bureaucracy and the curators at this point now. And we look back when Coach Drinkwitz in the fall of 2022, the day of the Kentucky game, got an extension. And apparently that seems more curator-driven than athletic director-driven. So mm-hmm. I think she felt she'd lost a little bit of power here and there. I thought 
Now, listen, we it's all revisionist history at this point. Well, of course they extended it. The guy went 11-2. and two. Yeah. At that moment, when he got that extension, he was not eligible for a bowl yet and lost that day to Kentucky, whatever the rules are, on yeah. if you can hit a punter 40 yards back. I was whatever. at that game. That was miserable. But so he got that extension then. It's like, what are you extending this guy for at this point? It all looks great now, but many people will tell you that that wasn't her idea. Mm -hmm. This was the curators. Everything's been weird at Missouri. I mean, if you want to go back, you go back to the insanity. Well, you could go back a long ways, but I'll go back to to the spring of 99 when Mike Alden, fresh on the job, forced Norm Stewart out. Right, Norm Stewart did not want to retire. He was forced out, and that began a whole lot of stuff, some rifts here and there with old-school Missouri people and all this. And, uh, you know, Mike Alden had his issues. There was five, six years later, one Sunday during a curator's meeting, that everyone thought either he was going or Mike Anderson was going. I mean, it was all this. It was just crazy stuff going down. You mentioned, uh, you know, Mike Alden hired Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder, things went pretty well, but then there was all kinds of things happening. Off went great until it didn't. Until it didn't, he gets fired in the middle of the year. The the freaking president of the University of Missouri system, Elson Floyd, had Ricky Clemens at his house driving ATVs, ends up in the hospital. He ends up going to jail. Ricky Clemens goes to jail. Jailhouse tapes get released yeah. where athletic department people are calling, you know, Mike Alden a cracker, and he's going to get his ass fired. Ed Stewart and his wife. Ed Stewart, is, 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 is he's still a big wig in college athletics. I mean, you can't believe all the stuff that has happened at Missouri. You know, and then, you know, Mac Rhodes takes a job and quits during SEC media days. Jim Sterk gives a list of, of potential coaches to the curators. They're like, nah, do better. They end up hiring Eli Drinkwitz. Jim Sterk's just like out. During the pandemic, <laughs> and Desiree Reed Francois has been there for I mean a whole two and a half years, long time, I guess. Uh, it's just, it's been a wild twenty five years at Mizzou. They built a brand new arena. Yep. They put a, a name on it, Page Arena. Mm-hmm. The daughter of Bill and Nancy Laurie, who were the ones who put the money up for it, within. A couple of months, she ends up on either Dateline or Primetime 2020, one of those, in a cheating scandal at USC. Embarrassment. Have to take her name off of it. Mm-hmm. And the Lorries, to my understanding, have not been uh, as generous with their money since then. Can't blame them. Yep. Now, someone had to be a grown-up in the room at that point and say, we're not naming this after your daughter. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it the Laurie family Sure. Or something, there's no problems, right? But it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. How about the part where, like, uh, Josh Kroenke was on the basketball team and his Stan Kroenke son. Josh Kroenke is like the president of the Nuggets and all this stuff now. And I don't I don't think they get a lot of Kroenke-Laurie money. They're getting this 60 million dollars. I mean, if they really wanted to, like, ha- I mean, you, you, you can't even understand how much money the Cronkies and Laurie family have this Walmart dough. This billions and billions of dollars. And they're not even the ones giving the money. It's just crazy everything that's happened in Missouri. Yeah, but yeah. that's it's not it unlike be powerhouse is what you're saying. It's not <laughs> unlike 
what happens everywhere. I mean, Kansas has had their issues. You know, FBI things going on there. They had Lou Perkins and different. Mark Mangino got ran out because he was mean to people. I mean, the Ron Prince at K State, the golden parachutes everyone had over there. Uh, you know, it, Bill Snyder retired, ah, came back. <laughs> Bruce Weber two years ago wasn't going to cut his hair until people got punished. Remember? Yeah. I mean, it's just like this, just college athletics. I think Missouri's probably a little bit crazier than some, but it's there's no place where it's not crazy, and it's these are crazy times. So listen. It's a little unsettling that someone leaves to go to a place, by the way, Arizona, that's had their own set of craziness. You remember Sean Miller was the coach out there on tape, you know, making offers, denying everything. You know, he's not the coach out there in basketball anymore. He's like, fire me. I don't care. I'm I'm staying. I'm staying. All that. And then uh, they're apparently $140 million the wrong way on the budget as a university. I, I guess she went to U of A, but also I'm sitting here going, that you just got Mizzou out of this massive hole. You mm-hmm. you did the hard most of part. Missouri's issues was was pandemic related. Agreed because but, of that. But, but, but you did the hard part. Now it's time to seemingly reap the rewards. Yeah. And I get it, 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 some personality things somewhere that aren't it, right. It, it's your alma everyone mater, thinks it's, but it's. Curator and her. I don't but, think but anyone then, thinks it's Dennis Gates or Eli It, sure, Rich, it sure feels like the curators keep popping up at some point. And by the way, the curators are not lifetime positions. These are people who cycle through, okay? And they're just folks. They all love Mizzou. I want to be a curator. Well, you could be a curator. Vote for me. Read the names off of who they are. I, I don't just know people. I don't know who the. How do you become a curator? You got to get it. They got to say, "Do you want to be a curator?" It probably has to do with donations and being a good tiger. I'm a. I'm a great tiger. You're a great tiger. But I, donations, yes, you're correct. That's going to be a little tough for uh, old boy. And they're from big cities, little cities, all this stuff. I mean, they're from all over the state, and they go to these meetings, and they're curators. Every state's different. They're not all curators. Sometimes it's a, a board of directors. Sometimes they're they're uh, got different names in different states. There's but, nine of them. Is that does that seem right? Sure. It looks like nine. There you go. And they're all just people. And they're on these like they're cycling through um, as different uh, different lengths of time. They don't all go off at once, right? Yeah. I forgot. Oh, I forgot to even mention this part. How about the part where um, during down. 2015 when the hunger strike happened on oh, campus. Oh, I was there. I'm and, very, very well aware of this. And the university uh, president had to quit. Yep. Very aware of this. Yeah, I was there. I totally forgot about 2015. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And they they, they just forced the, the guy, the whole university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Mizzou, man. Before we talk KUK State, Mizzou basketball, did you ever think it would be this bad? Like, I knew it was going to be a struggle this year. I know last year was um, phenomenal, but it was also a little bit of a, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. This was your veteran squad. This was all the, you know, fourth, fifth-year dudes. It was going to be a step back this year. They've yet to win an SEC game. They're atrocious. I think they would struggle to beat a Kim Anderson Mizzou basketball team. I give the SEC's better now than it was in the Kim Anderson era. 
Same time, the fact it's even a comparison or a competition speaks volumes about where this team is currently at. Now, I'm as excited as every Mizzou fan who sees this great young recruiting class coming in next year. I'm also sitting here going, well, if Dennis Gates can't win against Vanderbilt, if you can't beat the bottom of, of the SEC, even with a bad team, are you really getting the best out of these guys? I'm not saying Dennis Gates is a massive issue, but I am shocked about what I'm watching on the court right now. It's not good. Uh, you know, My they had a chance lead, yeah. to win Saturday, had a lead, and they mostly haven't had leads. Yeah, um, They had a lead on the road at Ole Miss, and they didn't get it done. I was looking this up the other day. I think only twice in since, like, the field of 64, so going back to the mid-'80s, only twice has anyone in the SEC gone winless or only, only won one game. This is right. not a league where you get – drum down at the bottom. Because although I think the league is stronger than it's been, there's also wins out there. You know what I mean? Because the bottom of the league hasn't always been as strong. So this, generally speaking, the bottom of the league was, you know, you win a game here or there. When they lost to Vanderbilt, it's like, you know what I mean? I think Vanderbilt was 0-18 or whatever, like five years ago, and then someone else was 1-whatever. and whatever. But you go through the Big 12, it happens probably 10 times in the last 20 years where someone's gone one or O, because the Big 12 has generally been a little more top-heavy, and if you're down there at the bottom, you got no prayer. Yeah, You're just going to get your brains beat in by people. There have been several teams go winless in the Big 12. So it is shocking to me that this is where Missouri basketball is at this point. I, and listen, I know they lost a couple of professional basketball players last year, but they were in the portal trying, and Dennis Gates seems like he knew what he was doing, but... It's, I like him. I like him. I've been around him a few times. I think he's got a great attitude. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. He seems like he could coach last year. They were winning some sure. games. Yeah. But I do – he kind of took – they won their their NCAA tournament game last year. And he kind of stood on the podium afterwards and took a victory lap. Kind of like – it was a little bit like, you all didn't think we could do anything. You know, it's like – I don't know. Odd time to do that. And they lost their next game. Yeah, and then you, you run a 2-3 zone against a team that can shoot. Yeah, that is a great game plan. And then uh, you, you haven't won a game yeah. yet this year. So, you know, I sometimes you get a little full of yourself a little bit too early on that one. And I think that I was – I just remember when he was up there on this, the podium going, I don't know, man. Is this the right time for this? Yeah. You know, this is not the I told you so. Maybe the I told you so is at the end of the whole year. And you say, you yeah. know what, we did more than than we thought. But we'll see what happens. He does have a great class signed, and people are worried about this. They're signed. These guys have signed letters. And the NCAA, while they don't have much, generally speaking, if you sign a letter and your coach doesn't leave, you're going to go to that school. Yeah, That's how that works. I'm sure there could be a case where someone can get out of a letter or something. But the, le- the signed letter intent still means a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not as thousand percent as it once was but as long as nothing changes at the coaching staff level you pretty much don't get out sure of signed letters these things were signed back in like november and stuff like that so they're not late signees i think these kids will be on campus but here's the hard part you got to be able to coach man you got to be able to coach first year guys and you got to be able to coach them and recruit them while they're there because the eyes wander real big in college basketball now if you don't go out and win some games maybe some Kids be looking around somewhere else. It's it's a wild world in college basketball. Uh, two things I hate. I think Dennis Gates is still the right guy for the job. I, I'm, I have a lot of faith. It, it's been a obviously backtrack year. Two things I hate though. 
the two three zone and or three two zone. They kept going back and forth. A zone at all against Princeton was absurd. I get if you do that against like Alabama. If you, you're doing it against a team that's like super athletic, right? If you have like a a team with some NBA athleticism on it, yeah, yeah, run a zone because they're killing you off the dribble against a three point. Look yeah. at me. I was sitting here going, I would shoot sixty percent from the field. All it is is wide open three, and he still does this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not again, not zone, but every single team, if you've noticed in college basketball, there's like, yeah, man, Mizzou, they're shooting fifty percent from three against Mizzou because every three is uncontested. Makes it easier, doesn't it? Yes, I don't care if you're a thirty percent three point shooter when you're wide open and you're. It's basically a practice three. Of course, it's going in. And the other thing is, why does he love seven-footers who look like they've never played basketball before? That was a big deal in the portal. Bring a guy in. I, I, I don't care if you're seven-foot. I care if you can do anything, if you can move. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk KU, K-State next with Lebo. Lebo, Lebo, Lebo. I don't think you were up. You're in the wrong mic. Dylan's mad at you. Is that one broken? That one's broken, Dylan says. You're talking into a broken microphone. Well, you should know this, Lebo. You, you're, is this one working, Dylan? Is this Hello? One? There we go, is baby. Is this on? <clears throat> yeah. Hello. Kitties? Who sings that? Hello, kitties? Yeah. I don't know. Cheap trick. Come on! Lebo! You're better than this. You're better than this. I've had a long day. I did the Casey Mavericks coaches show. Yeah? A couple podcasts and and, and then radio. You're very busy. A busy man. You're very busy. Why are you so busy? Um, Because you tell me to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. You're my my boss, Lebo. Sure I am. That's what you believe. Could be. I mean, I'm, if you're in this building, I'm your boss. Is that how it works? Yes. Are you HR, too? Is that I'm everything. You're everything. I'm you're the, the vice president of sports operations. Are you part of our sports operations? Wow, I did not know you, you were didn't know uh, I was the, the vice, vice president. president sports, vice Dylan, president did, for years. Did, did you know that, that Lebo was the VP? He, he better have known. Yeah, of course. What, no, what are we talking about? <laughs> he was about to say something until you said he better have known. And then he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I knew. Of course he knew. Of course he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the uh, college football playoffs? The new five plus well, seven. They kind of have to do this because what is the Pac-12? There are literally two teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and ACC. Well, it's just it's five highest ranked champions, and we're we're assuming that the 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 Pac-12 is not going to be one of those. I yeah. By the way, they fired their. Commissioner, a couple of days ago. Wonder why? Huh? Is it because they they have two teams? <laughs> it, it was it was more, and now it's two. Now it, it was you know like twelve under his watch. Uh, it's it's going to two teams on July first. Wow. What what two teams? It's just Oregon State and Washington State. That's all that's left. <laughs> Power conference. So whoever wins that game gets to go to the 
Huge. No. It's huge. They, it's interesting. Go check their schedules. They had to scramble it. They've got some Mountain West teams they're playing and all. I mean, it's like wild. I think I think Texas Tech's playing one of them on a pre-existing contract or something like that. I think the college playoff, this is what they should have done. Because um, they want, especially if there's really only four power, we get to quit saying power five when you say power four leagues. If there's only four leagues, then the fifth champion, that is going to be your American you know, whatever it's it's one of those the ACs and and that's giving the little guy a chance. That's giving your Mac or whoever a chance to be in there. Well, and they had an example in 2021 when Cincinnati mm-hmm. was ranked fourth. They would actually move up of one of the Power Four conferences, yeah. and they would get the first round by because the top four teams get a buy. Yeah. So. Traditionally, it's going to be SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. The winner of those most likely will get a buy, but it's not guaranteed if there is a, again, they don't say group of five, right? but any other conference, if that happens, they could potentially still yeah, get up there. Well, and, and listen, they don't really care if they have a buy. They just want to be in the thing. Sure. And this will get them in the thing. Well, Mizzou would have been in this year. Like, well, K-State sure. would have been in two years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, this is great for this level of... It's great for this, and it's also great in KU. Because you know frankly. what they've done with the group of five is they always get to go to New Year's Six game. But the New Year's Six game for them may be a big deal. For the team they're playing, may not be. You yeah. know what I mean? Guaranteed to be a big deal. Now, if you're yes. in a college playoff and you're a group of five, or I don't know if that's is it still five or is another? It's the back twelve point. I don't know. If you're one of the lesser leagues, not one of the big big leagues, one of those, the highest ranked champion of that is going to get in. They may be twelfth in the standings, but that's the highest ranked champion. Yeah. So they'll they'll get to be in. Uh, who was that this year? Tulane? No, Tulane lost. Liberty last year was no yeah. Liberty. Liberty was, Liberty yeah. was the one because they made the group of five last year. Tulane got to play. Yeah, in the but you know that was fine. They won their game against USC, but they would just as soon play in yeah. a, a playoff game. And you listen, you're going to have to go earn it. Most likely, that team is going to be on the road in a. On college campus, yeah, playing a game, but then again, if they make it high enough, if they're if they're fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, they're going to get to host. I mean, it's like okay, Missouri. Let's say yep. you're seventh or some, uh, eighth, and then you'll have to go on the road to play somebody. I, I I can't wait for it. I still think they're doing a little bit wrong. They should have the game sooner. The games that right now are set to be on like December nineteenth, twentieth. There's like a Friday night game. And, if, and a whole bunch of games on Saturday for those four games. Sure. And then the others are going to still be tied into the bowls, blah, blah. And, you know, the title game won't be till mid to late January. It's going to be later now yeah. than it is now. It's fine. It's all progress. And we'll look back at some point and go, well, you should have done it this way. Like, they get the whole Division Two playoffs done before, <laughs> before Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not going to do it that way. But they are going to do this because they, they refuse to get rid of the title games and all that stuff. It, I do think it's going to be super interesting. Um, your champion is your champion of the title game. So if your champion uh, knocks someone out who was in the game, and you think most likely they'd be in the top five or six, but if you lose the game, where are you going to end up? There's still a lot on the yeah. committee here because the committee, right now, it's never right now great. if you're... Where did Missouri finish before the the bowls in the committee? Yeah, uh, you don't know. Yeah, it didn't matter if you weren't fourth, you're last. Okay, now it's if you're not twelfth, you're last. Well, it's the same thing in college basketball. 
when they added the bubble, all of a sudden it went from 64 to 68, yeah. and then it was, people who were 65 complained, and now people who were 69 complained. It's yeah. a, and what was it really 32? It's a much but, bigger like, yeah. deal to be, you know, I, whether I, you're a, a 12 seed or I get in it, this thing. But, but my but point, someone's going to complain yeah. about anything. Yes. But it's better to have that complaint be at 13, uh, and now it's going to be really important to finish in the top four. Yeah. Or in the next four, because the next four gets a home game. Yeah. It's the final, not say final, the lowest four will play a road game. And by the way, when you, when you look electric, at this, dude. you don't actually have to play them on campus. It's the side of their choosing. Yeah. So I guess it could be if someone wanted to Arrowhead. play at Arrowhead, if they wanted to sell more tickets or if there was a weather issue and they wanted to go. I, I think they'll almost always be on campus. Dude, you know how and electric so that's going to be? much better for fans. Because right now, to ask fan, how many people did you know went down to the bowl game at Mizzou? Decent amount, because for it Mizzou, did. this this, this was a big, a, a big deal. So they had to go spend all that money. What if they were playing a home game in Columbia? It would be way easier. I mean, way easier to deal to do. Now, if someone else has to fly their ass to Columbia, what, they were already going to go to Dallas anyways. I think it's – I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. I wish it had been going like this for years. I would have been actually fine with just eight teams, but 12 is fine. Yeah. Give four buys. Well, there will be some complaining, some consternation, uh, but it, I think it's good. Do you think it stops at 12? Do you, do you, do you ever think this grows? Because I, I would say yes, it stops, but then again, maybe it won't. Maybe it will go to 16. I mean, maybe they'll go to – there's, you know – 60 teams or 64 teams that are just playing Power 5 football, and they'll have 16 of them make it. It'll be like the NFL playoffs. I don't know. Mm. I did not think, if you asked me, if you asked me 15 years ago when all of this started in December of 2009 and then the summer of 2010, like Thanksgiving of 2009, if you said, hey, Lebo, do you know that like Arizona is going to be playing BYU in a Big 12 game in 15 years? I'd say I don't know what they put in your stuffing, <laughs> but you're not you're not sane right now. And do you think that the Pac-12 is going to have two teams? And can you not wait for that USC Rutgers Big 10 game? <laughs> I'd have said you're freaking crazy. So I would sit there and tell you, no, I think it's going to set at 12. But I could be wrong. They thought for quite a while. I remember, listen, I love Bill Hancock. He was the executive director of the BCS and the college football playoff and all that. I remember sitting down, standing at Dallas, Big 12 Media Days, the year before they started the the four-team playoff. And he said, oh, this is what it's going to be. And this is the same guy who told you the BCS was the end, we're not doing anything more, all that stuff. And he said, we're going to own... New Year's Eve, and it's going to be this and that. And then it's now they'll stand there and say, you know, this is the thing it's going to be. It's going to be 8, 4, 12, whatever. Nothing stays the same in this. And the fact that these universities have switched conferences so often, wildly, over the last 15 years is crazy. You know, right here in the Big 12, TCU is one of the weirdest stories ever. Go look at all the leagues they were in. They were in the Big East once, never played a game. They agreed to go. <laughs> and then the Big 12 says, you know, showed a little leg to them. Said, Would you like to come over here? And they said, sure. And they, they were in, like, the Mountain West and the Big West. And the it, they, they were just jumping leagues every two seconds. It's crazy. My One of my favorite ones is um, 
we're going to now have you know your traditional uh, Cal SMU ACC matchups. Those are coming. SMU is going to go to the ACC and not take money. They wanted so badly to be in the ACC. They're just not going to. They're not taking any money. They're just going to be there. We're in the ACC. We don't want any of the benefits from it. We just want to be there. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. I looked it up right here. So for the next two years, which is the remainder of the College Football Playoffs' current 12-year contract, Washington State and Oregon State will continue to receive the full Power 5 revenue distribution, which is either 5 to $6 million per school. Yeah. So Matt, right now, they're the only two teams in the Pac-12, but based on that, they still get that full amount. Because they're just going to keep good, the name. Good for them. Yeah. Keep the name. And they've had to scramble to try to have a schedule. You know, but I don't know if they're going to get to be a champion. I don't. That that'll be the litmus test of this. They were going to be. There was going to be six. Yeah. Plus the at larges. Now they're going to make it five. Are they going to put standings out? They're last place or first place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I want to keep with college sports. We'll start with Mizzou first. DRF. The AD. She is leaving to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. This sucks as a Mizzou alum, as a Mizzou fan. She has done a phenomenal job. She has basically opened up the pocketbooks. She signed that. Uh, she got that massive uh, anonymous donation. They, but by the way, every AD has gotten an anonymous donation in Missouri. They've done a great job, whether it was Mike Alden or even Mac Rhodes sure. or Jim Sterk. They've all gotten that money. I, I would agree. But this feels like it was trending the right way. Football trending the right way. The amount of money that seemingly was going into the program. Basketball, while yes, it was down, they were competing with a lot of the NIL deals from, mm-hmm. from more prestigious schools. Like This was a big step for Mizzou, and then she leaves. Well, it seems to me like when you get some of the reporting from our friends at Power Mizzou, um, you know, there's this little extra layer of bureaucracy and the curators at this point now. And we look back when Coach Drinkwitz in the fall of 2022, the day of the Kentucky game, got an extension. And apparently that seems more curator-driven than athletic director-driven. So I think she felt she'd lost a little bit of power here and there. I thought, listen, we it's all revisionist history at this point. Of course they extended. The guy went 11-2. and At that moment, when he got that extension... He was not eligible for a bowl yet and lost that day to Kentucky, whatever the rules are on if you can hit a punter 40 yards back. I was at that game. That was miserable. But so he got that extension then. It's like, what are you sending this guy for at this point? It all looks great now. But many people will tell you that that wasn't her idea. Mm -hmm. This was the curators. Everything's been weird at Missouri. I mean, if you want to go back, you go back to... I'll, the insanity, well, you can go back a long ways, but I'll go back to, to the spring of 99 when Mike Alden, fresh on the job, forced Norm Stewart out, right? Norm Stewart did not want to retire. He was forced out. And that began a whole lot of stuff, some rifts here and there with old school Missouri people and all this. And, uh, you know, Mike Alden had his issues. There was five, six years later, one Sunday during a curator's meeting that everyone thought either he was going or Mike Anderson was going. I mean, it was all this. It was just crazy stuff going down. You mentioned, uh, you know, Mike Alden hired Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder, things went pretty well, but then there was all kinds of things happening. Off went great until it didn't. 
Doesn't he gets fired in the middle of the year? The the freaking president of the University of Missouri system, Elson Floyd, had Ricky Clemens at his house driving ATVs, ends up in the hospital. He ends up going to jail. Ricky Clemens goes to jail. Jailhouse tapes get released yeah. where athletic department people are calling, you know, Mike Alden a cracker and he's gonna get his ass fired. Ed Stewart and his wife Ed Stewart is is he's still a big wig in college athletics. I mean, you can't believe all the stuff that has happened at Missouri. You know, and then you know, Mac Rhodes takes a job and quits during SEC media days. Jim Sterk gives a list of of potential coaches to the curators. They're like, nah, do better. They end up hiring Eli Drinkwitz. Jim Sterk just like out. During the pandemic, <laughs> and Desiree Reed Francois has been there for, I mean, a whole two and a half years, long time, I guess. I, it's just, it's been a wild 25 years at Mizzou. They built a brand new arena. Yep. They put a, a name on it, Page Arena. Mm-hmm. The daughter of Bill and Nancy Laurie, who were the ones who put the money up for it, within. A couple of months, she ends up on either Dateline or Primetime 2020, one of those, in a cheating scandal at USC, embarrassment, have to take her name off of it. Mm -hmm. And the Lorries, to my understanding, have not been as generous with their money since then. Can't blame them. Yep. Now, someone had to be a grown-up in the room at that point and say, we're not naming this after your daughter. Yeah. Okay. Let's call it the Laurie family. Arena or something, there's no problems, right? But it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. How about the part where, like, uh, Josh Kroenke was on the basketball team and is Stan Kroenke's son. Josh Kroenke is, like, the president of the Nuggets and all this stuff now. And I don't I don't think they get a lot of Kroenke-Laurie money. They're getting this 60-some million dollars. I mean, if they really wanted to, like, ha- I mean, you, you can't even understand how much money the Cronkies and Laurie family have this Walmart now. I mean, it's billions and billions of dollars, and they're not even the ones giving the money. It's just crazy everything that's happened in Missouri. Yeah, but yeah. that's it's not Could unlike be powerhouse is what you're saying. It's not unlike <laughs> what happens everywhere. I mean, Kansas has had their issues. You know, FBI things going on there. They had Lou Perkins and different. Mark Mangino got ran out because he was mean to people. I mean, the Ron Prince at K State. The golden parachutes everyone had over there, uh, you know, it, Bill Snyder retired, ah, came back. <laughs> Bruce Weber two years ago wasn't uh, going to cut his hair till people got punished. Remember, yeah. I mean, it's just like this, just college athletics. I think Missouri's probably a little bit crazier than some, but it's there's no place where it's not crazy, and it's these are crazy times. So listen. It's a little unsettling that someone leaves to go to a place, by the way, Arizona, that's had their own set of craziness. You remember Sean Miller was the coach out there on tape, you know, making offers, denying everything. You know, he's not the coach out there in basketball anymore. He's like, fire me. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm I'm staying. I'm staying. All that. And then uh, they're apparently $140 million. The wrong way on the budget as a university. I, I guess she went to U of A, but also I'm sitting here going, that you just got Mizzou out of this massive hole. You mm-hmm. you did the hard most of part. Missouri's issues was was pandemic related. Agreed. Because but, that, but, but, but but you did the hard part. Now it's time to seemingly reap the rewards. Yeah. 
And I get it. There's some personality things somewhere that aren't right. It's your everyone alma mater, thinks it's, but it's curator and her. I don't but, think but anyone then, thinks it's Dennis Gates or Eli it sure, Drinkwitz. It but, sure feels like the curators keep popping up at some point. And by the way, the curators are not lifetime positions. These are people who cycle through, okay? <clears throat> and they're just folks. They all love Mizzou. I want to be a curator. Well, you could be a curator. Vote for me. Read the names off of who they are. I, I don't just know people. I don't know who the. How do you become a curator? You got to get it. They got to say, "Do you want to be a curator?" It probably has to do with donations and being a good tiger. I'm a, I'm a great tiger. You're a great tiger. But I, donations, yes, you're correct. That's going to be a little tough for uh, old boy. And they're from big cities, little cities, all this stuff. I mean, they're from all over the state, and they go to these meetings, and they're curators. Every state's different. They're not all curators. Sometimes it's a, a board of directors. Sometimes they're they're uh, got different names in different states. There's but, nine of them. Is that does that seem right? Sure. It looks like nine. There you go. And they're all just people. And they're on these like they're cycling through um, as different uh, different lengths of time. They don't all go off at once, right? Yeah. I forgot. Oh, I forgot to even mention this part. How about the part where um, during 2015 when the hunger strike happened on oh, campus. Oh, I was there. I'm and, very, very well aware of this. And the university uh, president had to quit. Yep. Very aware of this. Yeah, I was there. I totally forgot about 2015. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And they, he, they, they just forced the, the guy, the whole university. Hmm? Yeah. That's Mizzou, man. Before we talk KUK State, Mizzou basketball, did you ever think it would be this bad? Like, I knew it was going to be a struggle this year. I know last year was um, phenomenal, but it was also a little bit of a, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. This was your veteran squad. This was all the, you know, fourth, fifth-year dudes. It was going to be a step back this year. They've yet to win an SEC game. They're atrocious. I think they would struggle to beat a Kim Anderson Mizzou basketball team. I get the SEC is better now than it was in the Kim Anderson era. Same time, the fact it's even a comparison or a competition speaks volumes about where this team is currently at. Now, I'm as excited as every Mizzou fan who sees this great young recruiting class coming in next year. I'm also sitting here going, well, if Dennis Gates can't win against Vanderbilt, if you can't beat the bottom of, of the SEC even with a bad team, are you really getting the best out of these guys? I'm not saying Dennis Gates is a massive issue, but I am shocked about what I'm watching on the court right now. It's not good. Uh, you know, Mildly, they had a chance yeah. to win Saturday, had a lead, and they mostly haven't had leads. Yeah, um, They had a lead on the road at Ole Miss, and they didn't get it done. I was looking this up the other day. I think only twice in since, like, the field of 64, so going back to the mid-'80s, only twice has anyone in the SEC – gone winless or only only won one game. This is right. not a league where you get drummed down at the bottom because although I think the league is stronger than it's been, there's also wins out there. You know what I mean? Because the bottom of the league hasn't always been as strong. So this, generally speaking, the bottom of the league, was you know, we win a game here or there. When they lost to Vanderbilt, it's like, you know what I mean? I think Vanderbilt was 0-18 or whatever like five years ago, and then someone else was 1-whatever. and whatever. But you go through the Big 12 – it happens probably ten times in the last twenty years where someone's gone one or O oh, because the Big Twelve has generally been a little more top heavy and if you're down there at the bottom, you got no prayer. Yeah. You're just gonna get 
your brains beat in by people. There have been several teams go winless in the Big 12. So it is shocking to me that this is where Missouri basketball is at this point. I, and listen, I know they lost a couple of professional basketball players last year, but they were in the portal trying, and Dennis Gates seems like he knew what he was doing. But it's, I like him. I like him. I've been around him a few times. I think he's got a great attitude. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. He seems like he could coach. Last year they were winning some sure. games. Yeah. But I do – he kind of took – they won their their NCAA tournament game last year. And he kind of stood on the podium afterwards and took a victory lap. Kind of like – he was a little bit like, y'all didn't think we could do anything. You know, it's like, I don't know, odd time to do that. And they lost their next game. Yeah, and then you, you run a 2-3 zone against a team that can shoot. Yeah, that was a great game plan. And then uh, you, you haven't won a game yeah. yet this year. So, you know, I sometimes you get a little full of yourself a little bit too early on that one. And I think that I was – I just remember when he was up there on this, the podium going, I don't know, man. Is this the right time for this? Yeah. You know, this is not the I told you so. Maybe the I told you so is at the end – of the whole year, and you say, you yeah. know what, we did more than than we thought, but we'll see what happens. He does have a great class signed, and people are worried about this. They're signed; these guys have signed letters. And the NCAA, while they don't have much, generally speaking, if you sign a letter and your coach doesn't leave, you're going to go to that school. Yeah, that's how that works. I'm sure there could be a case where someone can get out of a letter or something, but the le- the signed letter intent still means a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not as thousand percent as it once was but as long as nothing changes at the coaching staff level you pretty much don't get out sure of signed letters these things were signed back in like november and stuff like that so they're not late signees i think these kids will be on campus but here's the hard part you've got to be able to coach man you got to be able to coach first year guys and you've got to be able to coach them and recruit them while they're there because the eyes wander real big in college basketball now if you don't go out and win some games maybe some Kids be looking around somewhere else. It's it's a wild world in college basketball. Uh, two things I hate. I think Dennis Gates is still the right guy for the job. I, I'm, I still have a lot of faith. It, it's been a obviously backtrack year. Two things I hate though. The two three zone and or three two zone. They kept going back and forth. A zone at all against Princeton was absurd. I get if you do that against like Alabama. If you do it against a team that's like super athletic, right? If you have like a a team with some NBA athleticism on it, yeah. Yeah, run a zone because they're killing you off the dribble. Against a three-point, look yeah. at me. I was sitting here going, I would shoot sixty percent from the field. All it is is wide open three, after, and he still does this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not again, not zone, but every single team. If you noticed in college basketball, it was like, yeah, man, Mizzou. They're shooting fifty percent from three against Mizzou because every three is uncontested. Makes it easier, doesn't it? Yes, I don't care if you're a thirty percent three point shooter when you're wide open and you're it's basically a practice three. Of course it's going in. And the other thing is why does he love seven footers who look like they've never played basketball before? That was a big deal in the portal. Bring a guy in. I I, I, I don't care if you're seven foot. I care if you can do anything, if you can move. All right, we'll take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk KU K State next with Lebo. Keep on, keep on 
Lebo, Lebo, Lebo. I don't think you were up. You're in the wrong mic. Dylan's mad at you. Is that one broken? That one's broken, Dylan says. You're talking into a broken microphone. Well, you should know this, Lebo. You, you're, is this one working, Dylan? Is this Hello? One? There we go, is baby. Is this on? <clears throat> yeah. Hello. Kitties? Who sings that? Hello, kitties? Yeah. I don't know. Cheap trick. Come oh. on. Oh. Lebo. You're better than this. You're better than this. It's been a long day. I did the Casey Mavericks coaches show. Yeah. Couple podcasts and and, and then radio. You're man. very, you know, whatever. It's it's one of those the ACs and and that's giving the little guy a chance. That's giving your Mac or whoever a chance to be in there. Well, and they had an example in 2021 when Cincinnati mm-hmm. was ranked fourth. They would actually move up of one of the Power Four conferences, yeah. and they would get the first round by because the top four teams get a bye. Yeah. So. Traditionally, it's going to be SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. The winner of those most likely will get a bye, but it's not guaranteed if there is a, again, they don't say group of five, right? but any other conference, if that happens, they could potentially still yeah, get up there. Well, and, and listen, they don't really care if they have a bye. They just want to be in the thing. Sure. And this will get them in the thing. Well, Mizzou would have been in this year. Like, well, K-State sure. would have been in two years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is great for this level of... It's great for this, and it's also great in KU. Because you know likely. what they've done with the group of five is they always get to go to New Year's Six game. But the New Year's Six game for them may be a big deal. For the team they're playing, may not be. You yeah. know what I mean? Guaranteed to be a big deal now. If you're yes. in the college playoff and you're a group of five, or I don't know if that's is it still five or is another? It's the back twelve part. I don't know. If you're one of the lesser leagues, not one of the big big leagues, one of those, the highest ranked champion of that is going to get in. They may be twelfth in the standings, but that's the highest ranked champion. Yeah. So they'll they'll get to be in. Uh, who was that this year? Tulane? No, Tulane lost. Liberty last year was no, yeah. Liberty. Liberty were, Liberty yeah. was the one because they made the group of five last year. Tulane got to play. Yeah, in the but you know that was fine. They won their game against USC, but they would just as soon play in yeah. a, a playoff game. And you listen, you're going to have to go earn it. Most likely, that team is going to be on the road in a. On college campus, yeah, playing a game, but then again, if they make it high enough, if they're if they're fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, they're going to get to host. I mean, it's like okay, Missouri. Let's say yep. you're seventh or some, uh, eighth, and then you'll have to go on the road to play somebody. I, I I can't wait for it. I still think they're doing a little bit wrong. They should have the game sooner. The games right now are set to be on like December nineteenth, twentieth. There's like a Friday night game. And, if, and a whole bunch of games on Saturday for those four games. Sure. And then the others are going to still be tied into the bowls, blah, blah. And, you know, the title game won't be till mid to late January. It's going to be later now yeah. than it is now. It's fine. It's all progress. And we'll look back at some point and go, well, you should have done it this way. Like They get the whole Division Two playoffs done before, <laughs> before Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're not going to do it that way. But they are going to do this because they, they refuse to get rid of the title games and all that stuff. It, I do think it's going to be super interesting. Because um, your champion is your champion of the title game. So if your champion uh, knocks someone out who was in the game, and you think most likely they'd be in the top five or six, but if you lose the game, where are you going to end up? There's still a lot on the yeah. committee here because the committee 
right now, it's never right now. Great. If you're where did Missouri finish before the the bulls in the committee? Yeah, uh, you don't know. Yeah, it didn't matter if you weren't fourth, you're last. Okay, now it's if you're not twelfth, you're last. Well, it's the same thing in college basketball. When they added the bubble, all of a sudden it went from sixty four to sixty eight, yeah. and then it was, people who were sixty five complained, and now people who were sixty nine complain. Yeah. And what was it really thirty two? It's a much uh, like, bigger yeah. deal to be you know, I, whether I, you're a, a twelve seed or I get in it, this thing. But, but my but point, someone's going to complain yeah. about yes. anything. But it's better to have that complaint be at thirteen, uh, and now it's going to be really important to finish in the top four, yeah, or in the next four because the next four gets home game. Yeah, it's the final. Not say final. The lowest four will play a road game. And by the way, when you, when you electric, this, dude. You don't actually have to play them on campus. It's the side of their choosing. Yeah. So I guess it could be if someone wanted to Arrowhead. play at Arrowhead, if they wanted to sell more tickets, or if there was a weather issue and they wanted to go. I, I think they'll almost always be on campus, dude. You know how and electric so that's going to be. Much better for fans because right now to ask fan, how many people did you know went down to the bowl game at Mizzou? Decent amount because for it Mizzou, did. this this, this was a big, a, a big deal. So they had to spend all that money. What if they were playing a home game in Columbia? It would be way easier. I mean, way easier to deal to do. Now, if someone else has to fly their ass to Columbia, what they were already going to go to Dallas anyways. I think it's. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. I wish it had been going like this for years. I would have been actually fine with just eight teams, but twelve's fine. Yeah. Give four buys. Well, there'll be some complaining, some consternation, uh, but it, I think it's good. Do you think it stops at twelve? You, do you, Do you ever think this grows? Because I, the, I would say yes, it stops. But then again, maybe it won't. Maybe it'll go to sixteen. I mean, maybe they'll go to. There's, you know. 60 teams or 64 teams that are just playing Power 5 football, and they'll have 16 of them make it, and it'll be like the NFL playoffs. I don't know. Mm. I did not think, if you asked me, if you asked me 15 years ago, when all this started, in December of 2009, and then the summer of 2010, like Thanksgiving of 2009, if you said, hey, Lebo, do you know that like Arizona is going to be playing BYU in a Big 12 game in 15 years? I'd say I don't know what they put in your stuffing, <laughs> but you're not you're not sane right now. And do you think that the Pac-12 is going to have two teams? And can you not wait for that USC Rutgers Big 10 game? <laughs> I'd have said you're freaking crazy. So I would sit there and tell you, no, I think it's going to set at 12. But I could be wrong. They thought for quite a while. I remember, listen, I love Bill Hancock. He was the executive director of the BCS and the college football playoff and all that. I remember sitting down, standing at Dallas, Big 12 Media Days, the year before they started the, the four-team playoff. And he said, oh, this is what it's going to be. And this is the same guy who told you the BCS was the end. We're not doing it anymore, all that stuff. And he said, we're going to own... New Year's Eve, and it's going to be this and that. And then it's now they'll stand there and say, you know, this is the thing it's going to be. It's going to be 8, 4, 12, whatever. Nothing stays the same in this. And the fact that these universities have switched conferences so often, wildly, over the last 15 years is crazy. You know, right here in the Big 12, TCU is one of the weirdest stories ever. Go look at all the leagues they were in. They were in the Big East once, never played a game. They agreed to go, <laughs> and then the Big 12 says, you know, showed a little leg to them. Said, Would you like to come over here? And they said, sure. 
and they they were in like the Mountain West and the Big West, and the they, they were just jumping leagues every two seconds. It's crazy. My one of my favorite ones is um, we're going to now have you know your traditional uh, Cal SMU ACC matchups. Those are coming. SMU is going to go to the ACC and not take money. They wanted so badly to be in the ACC. They're just not going to. They're not going to take any money. They're just going to be there. We're in the ACC. We don't want any of the benefits from it. We just want to be there. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. I looked it up right here. So, for the next two years, which is the remainder of the college football playoffs' current twelve-year contract, Washington State and Oregon State will continue to receive the full Power Five revenue distri- uh, distribution. 